Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling, and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We're here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are going to talk about some unique and valuable ways we can help teens explore vocation at the 2022 LCMS Youth Gathering. We are continuing our gathering starter pack of episodes as you prepare for the 2022 LCMS Youth Gathering. Hopefully you've been following along as they've been released throughout June, or maybe you're listening later on uh, in the summer or fall to help get you the information you need to kickstart your planning. Uh, we'll be releasing more episodes geared to the gathering throughout the next year to help you prepare to join us in Houston. And even if you aren't coming to the gathering, we hope these are helpful pieces for you in leading any uh, group to a large youth event. So one of our seven practices of healthy youth ministry is helping young people understand their unique vocation. We want every young person to know their role as Christ's hands and feet in their church, home, community, and other areas of vocation. We pray youth ministries are regularly talking about and helping young people explore their current and future vocations. But the LCMF youth, youth Gathering gives some particular opportunities to explore their current and future vocations, and we want to talk about those today. So to help us do that, joining us today is Rhonda Palmersheim. Rhonda serves at Concordia University St. Paul, where she's held positions in admissions and university advancement over the last 20 years. Uh, the gathering in 2022 marks her sixth gathering experience. Uh, as a member of the adult leader support team, Rhonda and her teammates strive to provide resources and mentorship for the thousands of adult youth workers and lay leaders who will be attending the gathering. Uh, Rhonda is married, has two teenage sons. Uh, they reside in Plymouth, Minnesota, and she's been a lifelong member of Beautiful Savior Lutheran Church in Plymouth. Thanks for joining us, Rhonda. Thanks for having me. Rhonda, we're so glad uh, to have you with us today, but also the work that your team is doing and just producing great resources in this unique planning cycle for the youth gathering with all that's been going on and the timeline's a little bit different and fundraising looks different. And so we're so thankful for the creativity and the energy you're bringing to that process to help our adult leaders and help us in our office too, to, to garner great information from our adult leaders and how we can best support them. So thank you so much for that. And we want to start with you where we often do with many of our guests um, really makes sense in this context of our podcast, but what are some of your vocations in which you serve? Yeah, this is, um, you really have to take a few minutes, right, to think through what vocation is, right? Um, and really for for vocation, for all of us, it's it's really what God's, you know, put in us um, to, to work through our lives and how we can use what we're doing to spread that message. So for me, um, I look at my primary vocation as a mom. Um, I'm, I'm really called to raise my children in a Christian home and, right, and put in their hands the, the prayer and the creed and the Ten Commandments, right, like we say that at, the, at their baptism. So that, I feel, is my number one vocation. Um, but I'm also a wife, and I am a daughter and a sister, um, I'm a colleague. I'm a university associate vice president. I'm a mentor. Um, I am on the altar guild in my church. And, and for me, that's a vocation, how I can help my fellow um, communicants. Um, and then on mission trips, um, I'm a mission trip volunteer. I've been on, on many mission trips and service opportunities. And 
that's where I feel my real vocation um, is reaching those that are in need and how I can share Christ's love through a hammer and a nail and a pry bar and, you know, gutting homes and helping them rebuild. And um, yeah, so the list really is endless when you really start looking at what vocation means. Yeah, and you are using many of those gifts and skills with us as we prepare for the gathering as a part of that adult leader resource team, which is a fantastic team we've been hearing from in this gathering. Uh, pack, lots of people uh, uh, helping us with that, uh, who help uh, the adult leaders particularly, who are bringing the youth to the gathering. Uh, and one of the things we hope happens before, during, and after the gathering is to bring together teens with supportive adults who walk alongside them over the long term and not just for the gathering experience itself. So what are some ways that spending time with supportive adults, uh, particularly the ones that you're looking to support, uh, how can they help teens explore their vocations? Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of different ways um, in which adult leaders, um, both that those paid staff professionals, right, that we hire to work with our youth and young adults, um, but also those lay leaders. Um, and really, the first one is creating a relationship with them spending time with them. Um, we often feel, I think, that we disengage with people that are younger. As we get older, we think we have less in common. We have left to share with them. Um, but really to take the time to get to know them, know what their gifts are, know what their skill sets are, know where their passions lie, and, and helping them connect with those and understand that when they play volleyball or when they play in the orchestra or when they're on student government, that those are all places that God has put them. Those are all vocations and helping them identify and link those two together um, really can really can help those young adults understand the concept of vocation. And amazingly that we learn so much from that too, as you know, what our vocation is as a leader, um, as a youth leader, as a lay leader. Um, and really the second is to be a model, um, to lift up the vocations in your life to those young people. And whether it's a career mentor or a personal mentor or you know, however you might see them, an employer of young people, um, just to really help them um, understand that what you have in your life as your designated vocations, um, that they can learn from and that they can see it active in your life, um, I think is, is really also an incredible opportunity that we have. Yeah, I love at the gathering uh, when we get to connect adults to young people and let them see both church work vocations in a new way, but also just uh, other kinds of professions and roles and responsibilities in a new way for those young people. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's a really valuable thing that adult leaders bring to this. Now, yeah. uh, Mark, in particular at the gathering, we have uh, opportunity that's it's unique in that we have all sorts of organizations that are available for youth to explore. Uh, and how might you use something like the exhibit floor right. <laughs> as a gathering um, or other places to help uh, young people explore vocation? Yeah, absolutely. On our exhibit floor, we've got institutions within our church body that maybe are even based like in the same building of us here in St. Louis that are LCMS ministries, like our Office of International Mission. A great way to connect if you're thinking about missionary work, especially going overseas. 
Um, we have within our own office of national mission started to get maybe young people thinking about how do we maybe do church plants in urban environments? How do we serve homeless populations through some ministries that we have um, so that local congregations can do that? We also have what we called recognized service organizations or RSOs. These are organizations that are strongly tied to the synod, but you know, really again increase our capacity as a church body that they're not maybe coming out of our building here in St. Louis, but yet are still very much tied to us. And again, are those institutions that go out and serve, oftentimes service organizations. So they might host an LCMS servant event for us um, and be able to get young people engaged in service. Um, or I love the thing too, that they've got staff that they need. And so they start to encourage young people to be like, you're maybe our future CEO or someone from our staff who's going to help us do this mission work out into the world to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll, I'll just tell, give you an example of one um, story that I love to, to talk about and, and remember is we actually have a staff person um, whose mother's health was failing and had a hospice nurse come and take care of his his mother. And as they got talking and he said what he did and worked with the youth gathering, he's, she's like, oh, I got interested in hospice because I went to one of the LCMS youth gatherings as a youth and got to talk to a deaconess who introduced me to hospice ministry. And I was like, that's what I want to do. That's my care. That's how I care for people. And here she was decades later serving um, this person and be able to look back to youth gathering and say, I didn't even know what that was until I went to youth gathering and had hands-on experience with someone to introduce me to that ministry. And we have other stories too. Uh, people who wanted to work with immigrants full-time because they came and heard from a recognized service organization, actually, which is here in St. Louis that works with refugees and immigrants and said, that's where my passion is. That's where I want to work. And what a beautiful way the Holy Spirit works through that interaction. Um, in our youth booth, we do a variety of things to talk about vocation, uh, both for young people themselves where they're at in their current vocations, but then also looking to the future and ways that they get to serve, get to be those supportive adults in the lives of future young people, um, special vocation, uh, whether it's going on a volunteer basis or we'll talk about church work, I know more, but for them to have that opportunity to serve. And then one of the big ones uh, that we'd love for Rhonda to talk a little bit about, we have our Concordia University system and our Concordia seminaries, which are also out, have a great presence at the youth gathering. It's a great opportunity for young people to start connecting with them and to be thinking about not just church work careers, but other ways that our universities are shaping young people for service in our world um, to go out and get vocationally serve. So to Rhonda, you're certainly a part of that staff at Concordia St. Paul, and we know that our Concordia University system and seminaries have a big presence at the gathering. Uh, why don't you kind of reflect a little bit and talk a little bit about how our Concordias are looking to connect with teens at the gathering, and why might it be valuable for youth to spend some time interacting with the Concordia Universities and the seminaries? Sure. Well, I think the biggest way that we connect with um, students and really the youth workers and lay leaders um, is through our booth, right? Um, through our spaces that we have in the Experiential Center, um, or I apologize, I'm sure we're using a different name for it this year. <laughs> so I apologize, but if, you've, if you're listening and you've been there before, you know what I'm talking about, right? Um, but as, as having staff that booth for so many opportunities, you know, so many gatherings, um, this is really a way for um, those of us at the universities, colleges and universities to really interact with the students and explore with them, right? Taking that opportunity as, a, as an adult to learn about them and ask them questions and find ways that our universities connect with their interest areas and their vocation aspirations and um, to give them exposure to what our campuses are like. So when you have, there's so many fun things to do in our booth, right? Like axe throwing and flip flops <laughs> and taking 
pictures with mascots and like all these different things that we can do. But what we're doing is we're really trying to create a relationship with the student and helping them understand that the Concordias are really like we, we offer church work. And that is a passion that all of our institutions have. But we're also universities that offer you more opportunities than just church work. I mean, vastly, a vast number of majors and those kinds of opportunities, but really extracurriculars as well that can help them tap into those, those vocation options and opportunities. Um, so really taking a, taking a chance at that booth and just learning about the schools and helping us help them recognize what, what their areas of interest might be. And then some of the sessions um, are led by some of our faculty and staff and the YAVs are, nope, I know I'm using the wrong terms, you guys. No, YAVs, the YAVs right. are still there. Okay, right. good, good, good. Um, so a lot of the YAVs are Concordia students mm-hmm. um, or Concordia alumni. And so they are, um, they're there to, to help guide them as well. And those are really the fun connections are those YAVs. Um, and some of the other volunteers that we have that used to be community mm-hmm. life builders are now called... <laughs> Ambassadors, ambassadors, um, and so many of those will be will have connections to the Concordias as well. So those are just some ways that they can tap in, and and I think just you know the value to the youth themselves, like I had mentioned, is just those connections they're making, the, you know, the exploration of church work vocations, but other vocations as well, um, career planning. Um, what are some opportunities for us as we move into our futures? And if college isn't right for us, what else can the Concordias do to to push us along or to give us other opportunities outside of just a formal education. So those are just some of the, some of the thoughts that Concordia is more than just an education. Absolutely. 1992 youth gathering. That was my youth gathering. I, I went to each booth. I had my notebook with my questions for each booth and went to them and asked my questions because that was something that was my parents were putting on me that you're going to go to Concordia University. I didn't have a Lutheran high school to go to and they wanted me to have an experience with, with a Lutheran education. And so went through and, and uh, asked those questions. It was a great yeah. interaction for me to start to get a connection with the campuses. So it was yeah. good. Yeah. I love that. And the other thing too is that there are so many alumni of our Concordias at the gathering serving in so many yes. different ways. Yes. And so at our booths, what we like to do is get those people, alumni stickers. We don't yes. do stickers, buttons. We don't do stickers. The convention people don't like stickers. Um, the, the buttons so that when you see somebody, when your students see people out in the gathering spaces with an alumni button on, what a great opportunity to go up and ask them about their vocation. We love yeah. that you do that. I think that's something that we both would love to see our universities do that, to be able to show that network and that connections that there. I know um, we uh, worked with LCMS this last gathering, right, Juliana, with the church worker t-shirts mm-hmm. and stuff, to even to like yeah. start people to understand that like how many pastors and DCEs and teachers and deaconesses were at the gathering, just so that we have that physical presence to understand this is these great networks, these great opportunities to serve Jesus in this way. It's really neat. Yeah. 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 So as an alumni, if you are listening, make sure you get that button. One, um, <laughs> right? Because for me, as an alumni taking my youth group, uh, it was great for them to see how connected I was to other people in our church because of my experience at a Concordia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they got to see that. But also, you, when you pick it up, you get a chance. At, you know, I certainly was impressed uh, as an alumni going back. Wasn't always tracking what was going on in my university and the expansions they had, the new ma- majors that they were highlighting, um, things. That I learned that I could shouldn't go back and share with my young people about, hey, these are some other things that you can study, even if you're not going to study church work. Um, 
at some of the different Concordias. But yeah. if you do have a young person who's thinking about uh, pursuing church work, uh, Mark, there's some opportunities specifically for those young people at the gathering or some places you might um, hint at, at them enjoying <laughs> um, if they're thinking about maybe doing church work. Absolutely. And one thing I just want to say for any of our church workers who are listening, um, I think the gathering can be a real focused time for young people to learn more about your vocation. Um, and so when relationships get built with their own pastors, their own DCEs, their own teachers, uh, their own uh director of uh, parish music, whatever it might be, if you're a roster church worker, or again, even if you're not a roster church worker and you're working as a staff and you're taking a group, it really is a great time for young people to see you in a different context. Um, just not maybe Sunday morning or the Wednesday night or just as preparatory work, but to see you your day in, day out, all the work that you do to serve them. Um, again, I think sometimes to see when those alumni start clicking maybe, and you start to see all these people that they know, these friendships that they have from being uh, trained together and going through that process that just those relationships that get built back at the home congregation between the young people and church workers themselves can be really valuable. So to maybe you might be able to see sometime you can invest and have a little bit more conversation with those young people who are thinking about it or praying about it and pray with them about it. If that's something that God is putting on their heart to consider for future vocations. Um, you know, obviously, uh, as, as Rhonda discussed, great opportunity to go to the Concordia University uh, booths and get connected and to hear maybe from them what their programs are. Certainly you can re research that online too, but they're there to help and answer those questions and start interacting. Many of them bring leaders from their church work programs uh, to be able to interact with youth or like Rhonda said, they're speaking um, at the event. So you get to connect with them if you got questions and want to hear more about their program. Um, I would say in that too, that there's um, a great opportunity for our speakers are very warm people that if you go and you hear a pastor, you hear a DCE, you hear a deaconess, a teacher, whatever it might be, and you think about that is go go up and talk to that speaker afterwards um, and, and talk to them a little bit, form that relationship, ask them the questions you might have. We have a lot of young people who come maybe from, from churches who don't have a DCE or again, didn't grow up in a Lutheran school um, and they, they haven't necessarily had that experience. They don't have someone back home to talk to about what does that mean to serve in that way. So this is a great opportunity to have those connections and be able to do that. And I know too, we've done some specific things within the youth booth too, to lift up church work careers, start those conversations, plant those seeds and, and nurture those seeds too, of thinking of young people as they look forward. So we need those, we need that next line of, of leadership coming into our church in those areas. And it's so vital for us to invest in them and get them connected and for to know that we're praying for them and encouraging them um, as they make these next steps in their life. Yeah. And we know that um, from our research that we do, we do a poll of those young people while they're there, that, yeah. that there are a really great percentage of them who are thinking or who would think about uh, pursuing church work. And this is a great spot for them to get a lot of information about what that can look like and the variety that that can have um, and the different opportunities they have within that. Yeah, I'll say that, uh, Juliana, from a standpoint of the hope for the church, but also a call to the church, the statistics that we get of young people who respond that they're thinking about youth or uh, thinking about church work if we kind of multiplied that out just from a pure statistics standpoint, we would have no church work shortage issues. If we could take those who are interested at that time and nurture them into those roles, we would we would not have these concerns we're having about looking at church work in the career. So it's both how do we get young people connected, but then how back at the home congregation can we continue to nurture that um, thought and that prayer life? Um, and pointing them to those careers. I think when we talk about vocation, so many times um, 
the students don't know that the skill sets they have actually match with a church work profession. And so I think, again, as an adult leader, when you're when you're forming these relationships with students and you're getting to know them to even just say to them, did you know that your Mm -hmm. interest in music Mm-hmm. Right. Or your interest in the outdoors or your mm-hmm. interest in X, Y. Do you know that you could we could run a church camp? You know, I mean, just little connections and planting those seeds. And as as a university, um, when we're enrolling new students and we ask them who they're who influenced their decision, either on where they go to school or they have these influencers. And many of them used to always you'd always hear from pastor, teacher, DCE. Mm-hmm. But we heart, we don't hear that as much anymore. And so we really just need to continue to key in on those interest areas and help them match with a career vocation. And that's really true for them, whether they're thinking about a church work vocation or not, right? Yeah. Uh, absolutely mm-hmm. 100% true if you're, you're looking for those, those gifts and skills for those students who might be right in that area for uh, in the right sweet spot to be a church worker, but also we're getting to know those young people. We're getting to hear about them. And there's so many other ways that we can connect them uh, to potential vocations, whether that's RSOs or whether it's particular times for them to get to hear speakers on areas of their own passion. Um, They get to dig into our sessions, have a variety of topics and God's word to help participants sort of think about um, the theme in all things and to think about different areas of their vocation. Uh, most of the sessions are speaker-based but uh, and cover a huge amount of topics. Some of them are, are, are artists, our bands, are all sorts of different things. And uh, I think for some young people, it's the first time that they're hearing somebody who is an artist talk about how that interacts with their faith or a musician getting to interact with their faith and uh, hearing that experience or somebody who's had a very particular kind of experience talk about how how they've lived through that and how God's worked through that situation. So uh, Mark, what are some of the sessions that might help teens that we might direct teens to, to think about their unique vocations? Absolutely. I I mean, I think some really great topics that help them understand um, their interests and passions they're starting to have as they're starting to think about those careers. And then how does kind of like that life and my faith interact um, and connect, and how do I live that faith out into that role? So, like, I think of an example. Usually, if we have something on science, is a real popular topic. And I think you have people like, I mean, for me, I would love to have a doctor who understands a creative God who has created me, and to be able to think through and see me as someone who's wonderfully loved by God. Now, maybe he can't say that, and she can't say that in all cases with their patients, but boy, I want I want Lutheran doctors out in the world, understanding vocation, understanding our God, um, and, and faithful people who are doing that. So they got to see that connection of how does my faith change how I look at patients and how I understand how the, the body works. Um, and so you, you get these ideas and help them form their understanding of, again, that vocation, that thought. Um, you know, I, I just think of so many areas where we've got LCMS young people with these passions and um, and desires to serve others, and we get to have those conversations around specific topics. So, how do we inform our understanding of issues in our world, of of education, of so many things? We have topics around those uh, areas, and and again, speakers who have been there that maybe were in those same shoes as young people, and they got to see the Holy Spirit work through their life and form them to be now these Lutheran educators and Lutheran doctors or engineers, whatever it might be, 
housewives and husbands um, and and all and all these other things that we get to see these beautiful vocational roles play out in the lives of young people. And so they get to have that kind of interaction to hear from someone who again have gone through that formational process. Um, and so it's a great thing to see um, at the at the event. And and I think too, it also I love um, we we get random stories from adult leaders um, that they'll be they'll pass on and and you know about how a young person who tried to get into the session because they thought it was something they were really interested in and it was full. So they got kicked into another session <laughs> to a topic they had no interest in whatsoever. And they're like, I don't want to be here. And then the speaker gets going and they're like, my mind was blown away <laughs> by like, I did not know um, that's how someone could go and serve the Lord or how someone could serve their neighbor through this way. And now they're like, man, really encouraged. But like, no, that I think it's kind of like what Rondo was saying about knowing their giftedness. Like, no, that's the thing I think I want to do. And that's how God has crafted me. And they come back so energized uh, to learn more, to live out their faith in that way. And that's always really exciting for us to hear, um, again, how, how God's word opens their eyes and ears uh, to the ways that they can serve in the world. Yeah, as a youth leader, that is one of the coolest things about the gathering is there's such a wide variety of opportunities to hear so many different speakers and to hear so many different people um, that you can really go to each one of your young people and help them to craft an experience at the gathering that helps them to dive into all sorts of things, um, whether they expect it to, whether it's the session mm -hmm. they expected it to be or not, um, and then be able to kind of think through how that might impact them and their vocations going forward. And certainly along um, those learning opportunities through sessions, we do a lot of hands-on learning and actual times of service too. That's a key component of the gathering. And those, those service opportunities, we've really increased the number of on-site service opportunities that we've had. So um, it might be coming together for food packing or for building some kits, some things that might take place or also some service, uh, just learning about how you can take service opportunities back to your home uh, community. But we also do off-site where we go into the city of Houston and serve residents there as well and get to experience the city too. So want to kind of turn our attention a little bit to there about how can those service opportunities help them explore vocation? Yeah, I, we love that there's a variety of different options. So certainly we will be looking at offsite servant events as a way to help young people to think about how God uses them. And particularly, as Rhonda mentioned earlier in her vocations, somebody who serves with uh, with hammer and nails or whether that's uh, working in, in a variety of different settings. Um, I know we have a plenty of opportunities and we'll be talking more about what they are specifically as we get closer. Uh, but one of the things that we're going to do as a part of that is, is not only just go and do the service work, but there'll be a special Bible study that will happen and around that to help them contextualize that service, not just as like a thing that we did that was helpful, but as God working in and through us to share the gospel to the city. And it's always fantastic to see afterwards how many hours of service we can put yeah. into a city um, over the course of just a few days and uh, the impact that that has um, short-term and long-term in the city that we're visiting. Uh, and then there's always on-site service options as well. Uh, this last uh, time we had the gathering, it was great because we not only had the service opportunities, but we had a lot of education that went around mm -hmm. that to be able to help young people not just uh, do an activity, but understand why they were doing it, what were the issues around that. Uh, so whether it was homelessness or food insecurity or uh, those kinds of things for them to be able to see that and then be able to go back home and identify that in their own community uh, to go back home and say like, oh, okay, this is why I give blood when I'm back home, or this is why mm -hmm. um, I can be, this is how I can be prepared to serve people who are homeless when I am back home uh, so that they're able to kind of 
see some uh, a snippet of it at the gathering and then be able to go back to their everyday community and go like, okay, I have different eyes to see that um, in my vocation as, as community member back when I'm back in my own community. Yeah, and I think along with the, the formalized, organized, on-site, off-site service opportunities, there there really is that those day-to-day living service opportunities that we have, right? So it's, it, I think it's important to share with young people and truly adult leaders and people like myself as well that when holding a door for someone who's carrying their luggage or groceries or, you know, really asking that, um, that housekeeping person, you know, thank, thanking them, right. Um, or helping them by picking up your towels and not having all of your stuff scattered around your room, right. These little, um, really sometimes unnoticed by us, things that we do on a day-to-day basis, but they really are noticed by the people in the communities that we're visiting. We are visitors in these communities. So how can we use God's love to share with the residents of this, of Houston and the surrounding communities that we'll be, we'll be in, um, how do we show them the love of God by our actions? Um, so all those little things that happen, maybe organically, but maybe not, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's one of those pre-gathering things that you talk about is how can we serve in hotels, in restaurants, in the convention center, um, you know, waiting to cross at the crosswalk, you know, to the police officers and, and all of those first responder people that, that we're coming in contact with. So I think that's an element that we don't always see as service, um, because they either come naturally or they're forced. Like, don't forget to say thank you to that person, um, right? Um, so I just think that's another impo- um, important thing to call out when we talk about service. My favorite comment I heard from a service worker at the last gathering was, I'm tired of these kids thanking me. I have to think, like, they're like, like, <laughs> like they are excessively thank- thanking me. Like, at some point, like, it's almost like I'm tired of hearing it. And I was like, that's what I want to hear. I want our service workers to yes. be like, wow, okay, they really did see and appreciate me uh, as as we cared for them. Um, That's what we're going for. Yeah, (laughs) and isn't it true, too, that you want to leave any space that anything that you experience, you want to leave changed, right? And we hope it's changed for the better, but we want to, we want to leave it changed. And that's what vocation is really about, right? Is, is using the gifts that we have to change to change people, to change their lives um, through the love of Christ. Yeah, Brian, and thanks for bringing that up. That again, we don't want to take for granted. We we hear that response a lot about how great our young people are, but we do not want to take that for granted, whether that is, again, the prep work that's being done ahead of time, if it's, again, just the great stuff going on in our LCMS congregations, our families that are uh, you know raising up young people who are thanking people excessively, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, but we hear that a lot from our host cities in terms of uh, the great, we always kind of hear a lot like your young people give us hope for our country, for our church, for our world. And so we'd love to hear that. And we th- we say the same, we're like, absolutely, amen to that. Um, but we know that doesn't happen by accident either. And we're so thankful for the Holy Spirit working in their life. So definitely a word of encouragement to be thinking about that um, as we go into uh, a city like Houston. So a lot, we've talked a lot about opportunities here, a lot of things with vocation uh, might seem a little overwhelming that yes, um, we both, you know, we say the gathering's more than the five days, but it's also five days. <laughs> so there's a lot to get in within those days as well. But like, like we do like to say, it's more than the five days. There are more times to connect, debrief these types of things um, and talk. So I want to kind of end with that a little bit. What are some of the ways that adult leaders can help youth debrief the things that they are seeing and hearing at the gathering when they go back or even during the event itself? 
Yeah, I think this is one of those spaces where community time is so important, um, where we have to take that time either in small groups within our, our congregational group or just as our congregational group to say, okay, what are the things that we heard? What are the things that we saw? What do we still have questions about? What are topics that really resonated? Um, and as a youth leader, one of the things I always try and do is I have kind of a notebook and I might jot things down because I'm overwhelmed. I don't have time to debrief everything, but I want to remember, hey, you know, Susie had an experience. She went to a science a sectional that would really resonate with her. I want to circle back with her at that on at some point. It doesn't have to be right now, but like, can I, can I, I be taking notes on what I what I hear from my young people about what's what's been um, a positive experience for them or what they've heard that's been I need to follow up on. Uh, take some time on your travel back, right? Maybe that's um, you, uh, you know, processing some stuff with young people verbally. Maybe that's giving them some time to journal or find other ways for them to remember the pieces that came together. I think we love the gathering, but one of the things that is, it's like, it is only five days and it can be super overwhelming and you can get to the end of it and be so overwhelmed that you don't process everything. And then um, it, uh, as you get into to your regular life, you can lose some of, of what you've heard. Um, so we want to make sure that we're following up afterwards in the weeks and months after that um, with other things. So one of the cool things that you can do is that we record a lot of the sectionals uh, and you're able to, we have them in a podcast form, just like this one. So you can go back and listen to them. Uh, we'll have uh, Bible studies that will follow up places where you can then re-engage uh, on certain topics or with your young people on certain in certain places to be able to help them take that beyond those five days into what's going on in the rest of their lives. There are so many ways that you can uh, work with young people uh, to explore their unique vocations at the gathering and uh, for them to dive deeper into God's word. Uh, and so we're thankful that Rhonda and her team are helping prepare us for that um, and be uh, continuing to look for resources around this that are going to be coming out onto the website. Uh, so Rhonda, thanks for joining us today. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Every young person is unique. God has lovingly formed them. And one of the great joys we have in youth ministry is a chance to see how God uses a young person's gifts, skills, passions, and experiences to care for others in a way that no one else can. Uh, this is not always easy for teens to see when they're in the middle of it. Many of your teens are going to come to the gathering uh, really struggling with identity or struggling with what their vocations are, not even really understanding what that, that means for them. They're searching uh, for their place and their those unique roles. And so we love that the gathering can be a place where they can explore, uh, where they can form some of that, uh, where they can learn some new things that may help them uh, better understand how God has gifted them. Absolutely. And one of the things we pray the gathering does is help youth and adults to explore topics, exhibits, service and sessions that we wouldn't otherwise get to do maybe um, back home. So we're hoping that that is a time too where young people can have their understanding expanded and to have new experiences that way. That can help teens find that support for their unique vocation and see again those gifts that God has given to them as he uses them to serve in his world. So some closing questions for you to consider as you prepare for the gathering. Um, how can you help young people to prepare to explore the areas of the gathering that are particularly interesting to them? 
What are some ways you can make sure that young people schedule in time to prioritize these pieces? And finally, how can you connect your adult leaders uh, to young people as they uh, are modeling uh, vocation? And how can you think about debriefing to help young people think about their current and future roles and responsibilities? We will continue to keep you in our prayers as you care for young people as they explore their unique vocations. We pray that in your preparation, you are able to build relationships between youth and supportive adults, that God is present as you learn more about them um, and the gifts that God's given them, and that through those, uh, youth can find the right service, sectionals, and other opportunities to explore their unique vocations. Engel's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.